Welcome to The Real 7 Show. As always, this podcast will be completely raw, unfiltered, and uncensored. Today I sit down and have the pleasure of speaking with David Whitehead. He's the creator of the Cult of the Medic series, one of the hosts of Unslaved with Michael Tessarian, as well as the host of one of my personal favorite shows, Way of the Truth Warrior. And what I can promise you about this show is that you do not want to miss it. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. My name is David and I have a website, dwtruthwarrior.com. That's the main place you can find where my podcast is. That's my personal venture. I've been doing that show. Where did I start that? 2011 or 2010? Around then I started that show. Um, and it went on a few online radio show stations. Then eventually I just started throwing it up on my YouTube channel. That eventually got totally banned because, um, you know, there's just... You're not allowed to talk about certain subjects on there. So I started doing the Unslaved Project with Michael in 2016, and that's a totally private uh, online community. There's a small fee involved, but it's because we do everything custom. We do our own setup, our own servers, everything. Um, so it's a private little museum of knowledge that we've done, I don't know what, over 350 episodes, and there's thousands of hours of premium content on there. And stuff you're never going to see anywhere else. Um, and then I was doing a little stint in Hollywood for a couple of years, probably about five years, working with History Channel on a few of their shows, like Ancient Aliens, Unexplained with William Shatner, Monster Hunters, just random with the other one, Curse of Oak Island, did a little bit with that. And I was just doing it for fun, you know, just to go see what it's like. And they invited sure. me, they, they loved interviewing me. They wouldn't put you know, half the stuff I'd say in the show, but you got little tidbits in there. And then during the 2018, 2019 period, I was doing a research project on cults. And it was actually Tessarian that inspired me to get back into that subject. I had been into it years ago, but um, he reminded me of people like Maury Terry, who was a journalist that wrote a book called The Ultimate Evil. And he was getting into what he looked at as the satanic connections between the Sam Berkowitz or the, the Berkowitz killings, the 44 caliber killer and uh, Charles Manson and some of these other ritualistic serial killings that were happening in Hollywood. And he looked at it as it wasn't separate. This was all part of a bigger cult that these guys were coming from. And then I was getting into the FBI director, Ted Gunderson's work, who exposed a lot of this stuff. And so I was in that mindset before the pandemic hits i'm even doing a show on like heaven's gate and some of these other cults for unexplained at the time the pandemic starts to roll out and i had all this cult stuff fresh in my mind like the blueprint of a cult the how they work and lo and behold they start rolling it out on the media and in my estimation started creating a sort of worldwide cult of following what was going on with this pandemic Mm -hmm. And I had been working on this other thesis sort of in the background on this cult of the medics thing, um, getting into the history of the Templars, the Rosicrucians, the Knights Hospitallers, uh, Vatican, the Jesuits, kind of going down that rabbit hole. And I wasn't sure how to present it. And so I had it on the shelf 
And then all those worlds collided, the cult research, all the stuff I'd been doing with Michael, the ancient history, secret societies and the COVID pandemic. And I went, well, what if I told the story of the pandemic and all the fraud and the lies going on with that through the lens of this massive history of what I've been calling the occult history of the medical industrial complex. And that's the thesis for the documentary series we're going to chat about a bit, which is called Cult of the Medics. It's a 12-part series. It's a month. It's a huge uh, effort, to just put it mildly, to try to get this all out. It's such a big picture. But it's kind of like looking at a lot of the themes that people may have heard about in these research fields, but putting it all together at the same time. And I'm just the kind of person where because I've been doing this research independently for so long, I've seen so many different theories on each aspect. I've seen, um, you know, so many different elements. And I thought, what if we put all the puzzle pieces on the table at the same time? What does that look like? And what if we contrast that with the pandemic? What does that look like? And so this is what I've been doing lately. Um, other than that, I'm a martial artist by trade. Uh, my wife and I ran a martial arts school for many years, and hopefully we're going to be able to kick that back up again. It got shut down with the pandemic, of course. Um, and I'm a father and entrepreneur and free thinker. And I'm just a regular guy trying to figure out what the hell's going on on this crazy planet and what we can do about it. So that's me in a nutshell. Awesome, man. I think that, uh, I think we're all in the same bed, just trying to kind of navigate all of this. I mean, I'm about 18 years into the, um, I guess you can call it like these surface level conspiracies, just kind of like the nine elevens and these, these right. pointless wars. And, you know, the cults is something that's, uh, not new, but I think the depth that you and Tessarian have kind of brought those things to, because there's a lot of digging, man. Um, we were kind of talking briefly before about Tessarian being an absolute legend. Dude's just like a mental juggernaut, uh, when it comes to his, his just the dude has, I don't, I don't know if it's that, like, uh, that kind of like, quirky aggressive irish you know like just that yeah. that that real raw version of that guy that that i found so appealing but it was also his ability to present information in a way that uh you know really is really more palatable for people and then when i when i caught on to you coming in it was it was like this really good synchronicity between you and him because this guy is almost impossible to follow and i like the fact that you know you came in you're like well you know i have this this wealth of knowledge as well but you kind of you played this good this, this good mediator between the oh, listener thank you. I'm hoping i do and <laughs> dude <laughs> yeah man you you genuinely do you make it a little more um a little more understandable at times where when he goes a little far, you're kind of like, well, we'll hold on. Like, let's kind of just, you know, get into that piece a little bit because you could tell in, in the mind of somebody so brilliant, you know, you got to kind of really slow it down. And that's why I really wanted to uh, start getting into your work. And the more I got into your work, the more I'm like, dude, this dude's a fucking badass, <laughs> right? This guy, like, <laughs> like you genuinely do your homework, man. And that's, it's hard to find. I think that in, 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 Today's society, what you see is I remember there was a time just just a few years ago, and I don't know if you feel this as well, uh, but about a decade ago where these things weren't mainstream knowledge. So you really had to be well read, well articulated, well studied in order to kind right. of give that information to somebody in a way that they could semi accept it without just calling you crazy right off the hop. Um, but I think now we're seeing because like everybody got invited in like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. You, you don't want to get the shot. Come on in. And now everyone's a conspiracy theorist and it's, it's got a little, the, the waters are a little more murky. So oh, yeah. 
when I came into Call to the Medics, man, like I don't know if you're I think you said you're editing all this yourself, you're doing all this yourself. So yeah. dude, that's that's gonna be something that I think is gonna be carried through time, man. That project is oh thank you. Dude, it's fascinating. So I really want to get into your I really want you to unpack the mindset of Call to the Medics. Like, what was it that really made you say, okay, I need to dig into say you know uh, this portion and then how 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 did all these dots start getting connected between the cults and the medical system yeah big one uh that's why it takes 12 chapters to do 100%. um and i'm in i'm nine in i'm proud i was able to get nine done each one is probably oh i don't know hundreds of hours of editing and i'm i'm not able to do it the way i eventually want to do it which is with a full production crew, a budget, going to the actual locations. Like that's my dream is to do something like that. But this was a project I did while we were in lockdown. And when I was locked down, I lost my business. I was getting censored all over the internet. I'm losing all my income. And I'm like, well, I just need to do something to maybe revitalize this uh, discussion. I also noticed all of the nonsense in our side of things. The conspiracy world on the internet just went absolutely batshit crazy. And I don't blame people for wanting to walk away from that. But then you also have actual conspiracies being proven true right in front of our mm -hmm. eyes. So the average normal person out there that's just looking at all this chaos on, on the normie side and the mainstream side and the alternative side, I feel bad for people that are coming in and waking up, especially young people. Because when you like I started with this back with 9-11 uh, in this movement, kind of like yourself, you know, getting into the surface level. So I've been a part of this, what you'd call the the rebels, the alternative thinkers, since about 2002, 2003 is when I really started to dive in. And I at that time, the movement was very young and it started even earlier. It started back in, you know, maybe you could say it started in the 70s. So yep. it's a very fresh movement, like considering the mainstream has had how long to build its edifices and all that. We're new and we're young and we're getting a lot of newbies in there that are either just unable to break it down or aren't you know they're just it's almost like they're causing more harm and good maybe not by intention it's just happening because they haven't seen the 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 levels to this game that there is um so i don't blame those people but i also believe that there's also infiltration that's happened into this community to yes. try to deviate and confuse people um and so i do warn people when you step your toe into this crazy world there's a lot of truth that you're going to find, but there's also a lot of red herrings. And so with Unslaved, that was our goal. Michael, he's been around since a lot longer than I am. He's like the Jedi master in my sense. Like uh, the man's just a wealth of knowledge. I'm with you on the fact that I love how raw he is. And I was trying to just bring that more, you know, everyday guy kind of let's break this down kind of approach. I think that works well. But when Cult of the Medics was happening in my mind, it was because all of those elements were combining for me as I was looking at, okay, number one, we got to tell people who they're dealing with with the pandemic. They're dealing with the World Health Organization. They're dealing with this, what I call the Cult of the Medics, and I'll define that as we go. And um, so I knew right away, we're not going to just blindly trust this. We're going to study it. We're going to make a study out of this. And so that's what I began doing while I was in lockdown. And then I'm like, well, I could just keep doing podcasting where I'm just talking to a camera and bringing up slides and doing all that, which I do, but not everybody can sit there. Not everybody's brought into even being curious about this, with just some podcasts. 
they need to do, we needed to take a chapter out of what Netflix is doing and what's trending, which is you create something that's a bit entertaining, a little bit, uh, you build the curiosity, the mystique a little bit, you make it look good, you get some music, you, you know, and you got to bring the right brain into it, which right. was missing from our side. You know, usually you just get raw information and not everybody can look at that. So I thought, well, why not? I just do what I can to make almost like a remix of my work and other people's work and stuff going on, news headlines and old documentaries, and basically present a podcast in each chapter that's done as a documentary film. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe not the highest quality production, but watchable and hopefully people can follow it. And it also brought out my artistic side. And uh, so it ended up being very therapeutic for me because you can't just take information in all the time. You eventually have to output it somewhere. Yeah. And I started to really enjoy the process of learning how to use these editing systems. And it's literally a learn as you go. I'm not professionally trained. I have no idea. I did pick up a few pointers when I was working in Hollywood. Um, when I was working on the set of some of these shows, I wouldn't hang out with the other guests on the show. I would go hang out with the lighting guy and the camera guy and the tech guy, try to learn what I could. And then I just put it all in the films. And, um, and so let me just break it down. So really basic, Cult of the Medics overall is not just about the medical system. It's focusing on the medical system, the big pharma, you know, the Rockefeller medicine, the whole thing. But it's bringing in the current events of COVID, the pandemic, the lockdowns, the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset on the canvas of the ancient occult history of the medical industrial complex. So when you bring those two areas together to show people None of this shit got invented with modern science and all that. This goes back to the alchemists and the sorcerers and the ancient cults of the ancient world uh, who understood human biology, human psychology, the anatomy of uh, things in nature that they could use for making cures or also making poisons and, and, and basically biological weapons. Mm -hmm. And that that's ancient. And I started by looking at the symbolism and the history and, and so as we're doing the series, we're investigating numerous things that seem separate from each other, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to bring people to the understanding that it's not all as separate and isolated as you first might think. It's all connected in the end. And that's the goal is to try to ask those questions. You know, is there a connection? Are ancient cults still a thing? Did they go away with history or are they still here? Just like, say, our modern religions, our, our modern religions, which have ancient origins, they're still around. So do private religions exist, private cults that are adhered to by some of these elite groups um, that many people don't know about? And does that have anything to do with this discussion about secret societies and the infiltration by agents of secret societies into our governments, into our media, into our education, and yes, into our medical system? And what impact would that have on the world if that was true? And then when you keep pulling on that thread, you realize you're asking questions like, well, who would have an agenda to start depopulating the planet? You know, who would have that mandate, like the Club of Rome that we look, look at? Um, what kind of people would look at humans like lab rats or farm animals that they would have the right to uh, experiment on us without our knowledge or consent like this? What kind of people are these that we're talking about? And when you just keep going with those questions, you realize it's not just enough to look at the crimes of big pharma and then this event over here, this political event over here, or um, 
you know, this corruption that's happened in say the CDC, you've got to put it all together and realize what was the origin of these institutions? Where did they come from? And the first indications I found were starting with the symbolism and the etymology. And when you start with symbolism and etymology, you realize those are timeless languages that existed in ancient times and exist to this day. And somebody finds value in using those ancient symbols that usually are related to either different family bloodlines, um, different religious or cult lineages, uh, different ideologies, etc. Why are they using those ancient symbols on the World Health Organization, on these pharmaceutical companies, on Gen X and um, you know some the, the Welcome Trust and on and on we could go even in the media, even the symbolism around COVID. You know, you you start to see why are they using ancient mystical symbolism in this in this whole thing? Is it just a fancy artistic motif or is there a deeper meaning behind it to these people? So the, this is the kind of discussion we're having in Cult of the Medics where I'm not trying to convert people. I'm not trying to say you have to take on my whole thesis here. I'm really trying to present intelligent questions to people. You'll notice most of the series is just me asking questions mm -hmm. because I want you, the listener or the viewer, to fill the void there with your own logic and to go on your own investigation and maybe pick up where I leave off and see what you find, right? Because we've had enough of people standing up and saying, I have the truth. Don't listen to anybody else. Everybody else is a shill. Everybody else is bullshit. Uh, follow me. And that's mm -hmm. just, it's cults galore. And I wanted yeah. to do the opposite of that, which is to expose cults and what's going on, but also then say, let's investigate this in the most anti-cult way possible. Let's have right. everybody thinking for themselves <laughs> here. So that's what we're looking at. We're looking at a very ancient story. And it was inspired originally by a passage that I read from Charles Fort. And it's actually how if you go to cultofthemedics.com and you go to the chapters section, I have all the trailers that I've released for these various episodes. And I have a series trailer that's sort of like the whole trailer for the series. And it opens up with this quote from Charles Fort. And the average person that's used to watching documentaries on exposing big pharma or COVID or whatever they're not used to bringing this other element into that discussion. They're just used to that. Okay, Anthony Fauci, there's some probably some money going on, Bill and Melinda Gates, but they're not used to the occult side of this. Mm -hmm. And so for me, Charles Fort made a statement that opens up a whole other inquiry. And it's uh, to summarize it, he's essentially asking the question, what if we're property? What if human beings are property or at least viewed as property by something or someone? that sees themselves as separate or superior to us. And he gets into a big picture uh, thing that we're going to look into in the later part of the series, where he's essentially saying that what if there is someone or some agency of some kind that has declared ownership over this earth and its inhabitants, and that they've left these sort of overseers or superior slaves in charge to manage the human farm on their behalf. And that maybe if you were to take that quote from Charles Fort, who was just, you know, who he was, he was a, a very famous um, paranormal researcher and writer in America in the early 1900s. And he, he just, the quote I go through in the series, but it's just fascinating for him to say, what if we have these sort of groups that are here to be the charge takers or the caretakers or the superior slaves of mm -hmm. humanity 
And I went, well, what would that look like if there's any truth to this statement or this idea, right? As, as far-fetched as it might seem at first, if we start bringing all the puzzle pieces on the board from ancient history to modern times and all these different things going on, the fact that they're building a new transhuman, right? This is the whole transhuman dream yeah. of they want, you know, a, a human being that's uh, integrated with AI and artificial and all this technology, cybernetics, Um you know, you had warnings from people like Aldous Huxley and Char or George Orwell about this future technocracy or world dystopia. And, and then we see them building it right in front of our eyes. You start to go, well, maybe those ideas that people like Charles Fort were thinking about have a lot more merit than we thought. So it's those things, it's those little things that I do. Something impacts me and I can't stop thinking about it. And then I see these little pieces and I go, what if they're all connected? And when I present it in the series, I leave it up to everybody to decide where they end up. But really, this is an inquiry into the origins of evil, the origins of tyranny, also contrasting that with the the good, the good that's been done and the, the people that are trying to fight for freedom, truth and justice. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and you contrast those two together. And the result, I hope, is to open people's minds up to a totally different way of viewing who they are, viewing what's going on in the world. And even the way they're seeing these events unfold, that there might be a much bigger, grander picture going on than we can possibly imagine. So that's really what it is. It's theoretical, but there's also a lot of factual evidence in the series, as you'll see, that uh, should really make you think. And hopefully we'll get your curiosity going to go investigate it further. And I think that it does that really well. I think that um, even if you're just listening, I listen to... Uh, your way of the truth warrior on audible, I believe it is. Uh, and that's kind of where I've sourced more, most of the, you know, information from call to the medics, uh, just where you kind of go over and you do like your episode recaps and whatnot. And I think right. that, uh, I think those are super helpful. Now, <clears throat> when you start talking, like there's so much that was said there, like we, we could go off on tangents for hours on just, just your explanation of yeah. what cult of the medics is. But there, there's one thing that I really wanted to touch on. And that was the viewing people as property. I think that that is a topic when you get into like the straw man and, and, and the entire legal system and the etymology behind, you know, the, the legal system and how, you know, words are used to kind of capture the the human being and change you from, you know, the the man or woman and turn you into a fictitious corporation that now just serves the, you know, the the, the whatever it is that the elites or the governments or whatever you want to call them. Right. So if, if we could maybe uh, get you to kind of start from the beginning meaning starting from the birth of an individual and 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 when that starts that process starts for us yeah this is a huge thing um i've probably only touched on it here and there through the series because i would probably have to make a whole separate series called the cult of the bar or the cult of the the black robed saturnian priesthood or something when it gets into the legal system um, and not to say that the legal system can't also be used by us, the people, properly mm -hmm. to um, thwart them. They look at it like a chess game, these people. This is how I interpret it, okay? So the you can call them the controlling archons or the the world controllers, whoever, whoever they are for you, um, that they look at it as a game that if they can entrap you into a scam by way of your own consent, then they are in full right to do what they're doing to enslave your to slave you and uh to if, if we look at it like this their whole agenda is what the agenda has always been for people who want control and power 
which is to seize control over land, resources, and wealth. If they can control land, resources, and wealth, they are literally the rulers of that area of land, or in this case, they're looking for the whole prize, which would be the entire planet. An argument could be made they've already achieved worldwide control of those things through these various systems. Um, but even if you don't go there, you could understand that if we go from Genghis Khan to the rise and fall of various empires to um, the periods of different periods of slavery that's happened all over the world. Don't forget, slavery was a universal practice all mm -hmm. over the planet. It wasn't just subject to America in this certain period of time. It's a universal practice where every single race on this planet from time immemorial to this present moment has engaged in the practice of human slavery. Uh, you start to ask the question like, well, who's really <clears throat> running that program? Who's really running that slavery program and why? And when you find out that there are many reasons why um, those different slave labor mechanisms were built in and how they've evolved over time, you realize that as much as we think we've broken out of slavery, we are actually still enslaved to a degree that I don't think people really understand. And it hints at it with what you're mm -hmm. asking. Here you go. Your body is essentially looked at as chattel or property that is sold on the stock exchanges of the world um, because you are the collateral that previous leaders, doesn't matter what country you live in, because all of our countries are in debt to somebody, right? Who would that be? Um, they used you as chat as collateral on loans and, and debt that they incurred through different wars, many of which those wars were sponsored by the very people we're talking about. So big scam there. And they essentially used the legal system. They, they infiltrated the legal system and turned it into something that would keep slavery going. But they would it would be it wouldn't be slaves that were wearing chains of iron, as we think of visually when I say slavery. It's chains of gold. Uh, this is a, something Michael's always brought up. It's chains of iron or switching chains of iron for chains of gold, meaning it's people who believe they're free that are the, the best slaves. So the best slave you could have, they've figured it out over a long period of time, is not to use the whip, not to use force, but to simply use deception where you are um, being conditioned through cultural conditioning, through media conditioning, through um, various forms of, let's just call it mind control, because that's what it is, uh, that you believe you're free when you're not. And if a person believes they're free when they're not, they're easy prey for the manipulators that are able to implant suggestions in their mind. And the way they do it is it starts right at your birth. Okay. So you start with a few terms, like <clears throat> just the understanding that there are different forms of law real quickly. It's merit. You have your law of the land, which would be usually associated with law that has to do with you as a real human being and what your rights are on the land and what right you have to the land, et cetera. And then there's the law of water, which is called the maritime admiralty law. And that law of water was brought in by essentially this sort of black nobility monarchy system that uh, through the British Empire, and it's, it started even before that, where they used water as the vehicle towards obtaining control over the land. And it used to be very physical back in the day, but that eventually got written into legalese and became sort of like a, a legal um a legal setup, a legal framework that they brought in to deceive people that they're actually free when they're not. And here's how it works. You are born physically out of the water of your mother. 
right? You're born into the world physically. You come out of the birth canal of your the water of your mother. Well, that's a metaphor used to describe shipping industry, where when you dock, <laughs> there's another one, dock, the doctor. When you mm -hmm. dock your ship and you birth your ship at the dock, um, and remember, you have to come, <laughs> there's the river banks, right? Mm -hmm. You have the mm -hmm. river banks. And so there's a lot of this etymology that's interesting, dealing with banking law and international law mm -hmm. and the water law. And then you're brought into this birth canal, which is where the ship is born. And the ship is always referred to as a female. You know, you mm -hmm. talk to a lot of salesmen, they're like, oh, she's ready to go for sale, right? Yep. She's the female. And then you're brought in and, and then when they bring the ship into the dock, it's got usually some goods on it that are going to be brought into the land that you're docking on. And those goods are signed over through these, um, it's like a, a ledger is taken mm -hmm. and it has an account for the goods and the goods that you're bringing onto the land. And then those goods can be sold or traded or given or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the way they view it through law is that when you're born in a hospital, you're Im immediately, if you register the birth of the child, you are registering the new good that has come through the birth canal by the dock mm -hmm. to be the new good that can be brought into the market. And so it's essentially from day one, this system owns you as a piece of property mm -hmm. and there's liens against you, like mm -hmm. debts that previous governments that weren't even alive while you're alive that owed other banking families and private families and different groups interest bearing debt to. And you are immediately brought into that system to pay back through your taxation and other means the debt that is owed on interest-bearing debt that never goes away, which keeps a slave system going. And so there's a whole system there. There's a whole series. I probably didn't even explain it the best, but there's a whole series that I could produce there just getting into the legal side of that For sure. um, where they've taken control of it. And you can get in the symbolism of the black robes that the judges wear, the three right. steps up to the thing, the gavel hitting the thing and on and on. It's all Saturnian Babylonian symbolism. And I bring that up to tell people that's just one little doorway that you can get into to understand that none of this ancient stuff went anywhere. It just morphed and changed <clears throat> through time. And uh, what's old is new again. And when Aldous Huxley was predicting a new, a brave new world where people would be in servitude and would be accepting conditions that they otherwise wouldn't accept mm -hmm. and that they would be happy being slaves. Well, look at the world we live in, man. He predicted it right. And maybe he had some insider information on that because this is where we are. So there's a relationship between the legal system and the medical system that has to do with life and death itself. And as Tessarian said brilliantly, I think I put this in chapter eight. He said, yeah, you're uh, born in the hospital to the white coated Templar. And then you're carted out by the black-coated Templar when you die. So they literally own your ass cradle to grave. And now that doesn't mean in your natural state that these people actually own you because I'm a person that looks at it from a level of sovereignty where I say, I'm owned by my creator. I'm, I'm, a, I'm owned by myself. I'm owned by nature. Um, they're just laying a claim on you. And then when you jump through their hoops and go through the system and get all the jabs and sign off on all the things with the dotted line. And you, you get in the system in the matrix, you are consenting to be a slave in their system. Mm -hmm. And there might even be some advantages for you to do that here and there, but just know that it is that. And that's, 
as big as that might be for people new to this, that's literally just opening the door up for that bigger thesis of this planet is owned by someone and they view you as property. Uh, mm -hmm. That's really where the story just begins, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think uh, another little thing to add there is as soon as you're born, I don't know if it's still practice, but it used to be where they would stamp the baby's foot. And that's uh, that's the first right angle that touches the ground. That's your legal standing. They take that away from you immediately. That's why they stamp the soul, the soul of the foot. Your soul is oh, given to them, right? These yeah. are a couple of the things that I've kind of been watching with the system. And I find it I find it really odd, <laughs> you know what I mean? How how the system has taken hold, uh, and and I think that the the part that kind of really gets past me is how it has been slid under everybody's nose, and nobody has a fucking clue about what is happening. You, they just think, yeah, you know, my my baby is born. I signed this piece of paper. Uh, he's given his citizenship. Remember, we were talking yeah, about the go. ships, citizenship, right? Exactly. Given your citizenship, and now you're your property of the state, and they start, you know, selling you away. Um, but but when it when it comes to this system and its implementations on society, how do you think it has been able to be so undiscovered by the public? I mean, what you're saying right now, man, if you spoke to somebody who had no idea what was going on, you're immediately a psychopath talking yeah. about a world that doesn't exist and it's only in your head and you've heard all of the things right the oh, yeah. the well then why doesn't my lawyer i'm like yes your liar that represents you you know in court he doesn't represent you he represents you as the fictitious entity that you are to the you know the the asshole in the black robe that's just practicing his cultish ways but how do you think that they've been able to kind of even keep it from people like lawyers? Because when you speak to lawyers about this, they have no idea. I get tons of them on my page like, well, you know, I've been a lawyer forever and what you're saying makes no sense. So what do you say to even let's say you were speaking to a lawyer right now who has no idea about this? How do you start to present this informa information in a way that is palatable for them to understand with their fancy degree? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, you're never going to convince the academics right out. Um, it'd be the same like me talking to a doctor about the cult of the medics that's well above where their pay grade is, right? Um, you know, the best, and and I even talk to lawyers and, and let them know as well that I, I actually do have respect for lawyers that are trying to actually stand for real justice. Absolutely. And, and many of them believe that. And just like doctors do, just like the doctors did when they believed that everything they were being told by the World Health Organization which was essentially trying to take the Chinese model, the communist Chinese model of how to mm -hmm. deal with a pandemic and make that mandatory all over the planet. Uh, those doctors were like, well, we're in new territory. We don't know what this is. So we'll just go along with what's coming from the top. And then you realize, wow, there's a whole compartmentalized structure going on in the medical system. And the same is true with the legal system. Like I would ask the lawyers, can you tell me where the symbolism of your guys uh, the black cloaks and the weird, you know, wigs and, and the certain rituals and stuff that you guys are actually doing in the court. Can you tell me the origin of that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, some might have their little explanations after they Google it, uh, or what, or maybe not, but many of them are not trained in any way, shape or form with the, the history of where all that symbolism within their own, um, system comes from. And that just tells you everything you need to know because they might be very well read on the book side of things and they might understand the law to the letter and they might not yet smell a rat, even though I don't know why criminals are running the world and evil is 
worse than it ever has been while you guys have been guarding the gates. So you might want to explain that also, similar to the way I would talk to a doctor and say, oh yeah, you guys are all modern science, cream of the crop, you know, just taking out all these diseases. Why is chronic disease at a higher rate than we've ever seen it? Where's the type two diabetes coming from? Where's the cancer, the AIDS, the on and on and on we could go, uh, under your watch, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, why are people sicker? Why are people addicted to pharmaceutical medications? They probably shouldn't be on that have known side effects that are just horrendous. Uh, why is the medical system essentially, especially the pharmaceutical industry regarding vaccination? Why are they Mm -hmm. immune from prosecution or proper due process, uh, when it comes to being injured by their shots? I mean, that doesn't happen with literally any other product on the planet. If you and I were to go and mix up some vitamins in our basement and pay off a doctor to sign off on it, we could go make millions selling these vitamins. But if one, if five people die, we're in jail, we're done, we're cooked, we're shut down. Yet here they are killing people in the millions every year with their drugs and their medical system. And the also, you know, doctors, what is it? Number three cause of death in America is death by doctor. You're going into the hospital for something and you die of something in the hospital that you didn't go in to get addressed. Mm -hmm. You know, so we can keep going through this on and on. And I just, I try to knock them down a few pegs and say, look, I'm with you on wanting to see the, the best medical system that we could ever have. And I personally believe that just with the medics for a sec, that the uh, the the American Western medical system was on track to become the best medical system in the world. Yep. But it got hijacked by a bunch of mm-hmm. pirates that wanted to become the merchants of death and disease and profit off of illness. And how do you do that if you start curing everything, right? You can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with the, the legal system. There's another game going on where uh, when when uh, when we're if we were educated at a young age, to realize what the law is, how simple it is, and how everybody has the right to walk in a court and represent themselves or even select a different representative than a $450 an hour lawyer that's most likely just going to get some money off your case, whatever happens to you, and then Mm -hmm. move on, that we wouldn't have this system clogged up the way it is. We would have maybe more justice in the world. I don't know. I'm just trying to think outside the box because clearly the systems we have has failed. So to me, the best evidence to present to those people who are still defending this is to say, let's use COVID and the pandemic as a perfect example, right? So when it comes to the law, what happened to the Nuremberg Code, the ICCPR, the Rome Statute, the Constitutions, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms when it came to bodily autonomy and the right for every individual to decide what they put in their body and what they don't, or what medical procedure they take and what they don't, or whether or not the government has any right to use coercion or psychological pressure to make you do something you don't want to do. What happened to those laws and those rights? And where the hell are all the lawyers who are supposedly representing justice? Where are they? They're absent because they're either cowards or they're part of a system that's corrupt and they can't really do anything about it, which again proves my point, not theirs. Mm -hmm. Same with the medics. Where were you guys defending human rights and bodily autonomy where um, a month before the pandemic, Everybody was out there, my body, my choice, my body, my choice right. with the right as to whether or not they could terminate someone's life before they're even born. And then a month later, oh, no, we don't mean my body, my choice when it comes to an experimental bioweapon that's never been mm. used before. Right. That's signed off by all these doctors that right. are supposedly the arbiters of truth. So I'm kind of going on a bit of a rant there, but that's where my head goes when I start thinking of these academics and sitting in front of them is I would just bring them to here. Let me go to. um 
pharmadeathclock.com, which is just a website that tracks all of the latest reports of deaths due to medical error and, and pharmaceutical drugs and cancer and AIDS and all that, and just show you where the stats are of the history of your organization. And let's just ask some serious questions. You guys were built to end and deal with disease. And yet mm -hmm. we have a disease industry that has risen up and that medical system has become literally the most powerful lobby on the face of the earth in every country. How does that happen? Where the pharmaceutical lobby groups outnumber even your Congress, your the guys sitting in Ottawa, they're more powerful, influential. They can pay off your lawyers. They can pay off your, they pay off judges. They can pay off politicians. They can pay off media. They own the media. They run the media and 70% of their advertising comes from pharma companies. Are they going to report on the side effects to these jabs? No. So we got to deal with the corruption. And I finish by saying this, there's a difference between the system in its ideal state, which would be mm -hmm. the way people think it is and want it to be mm -hmm. and the way it actually is in reality. And what we're learning right now is that a lot of people were operating under the assumption that the legal system, the government, the media, and the pharma system were all working in their best interest. Yet haven't we seen more than enough evidence already that that's just not the case? So what were the implications now? Where does that take us? Well, that takes us to people like me and you and other alternatives that have been trying to warn people forever. And uh, maybe one more thing I'll say, because I'm on a roll here, is I learned about the cult of the medics, not from conspiracytheory.com or whatever people think. I learned about it from doctors. I learned about it from surgeons. I learned about it. I learned about the corruption of the legal system from lawyers who did know what the hell they were talking about. So I come back and I just bring those people to the discussion and say, you don't have to talk to me. I'm just a podcaster and a researcher, okay? But you can go deal with, I don't know, doctor, um, what's his name? He wrote the book, Confessions of a Medical Heretic, Dr. Mendelssohn. Go talk to Dr. Men Mendelssohn. Mm -hmm. Look him up. What's he got to say? Uh, you know, there's, Eustace Mullins went in and did a whole deep dive into yep. the National Archives and the whole thing and found just stuff you wouldn't believe about FDA and everything. So I bring out the experts and the whistleblowers and the insiders. And as the pandemic was rolling, I was interviewing these doctors and all the guys that were getting censored. I was bringing them on and they were like, this, I've never seen this before. This is not medicine. This is not what I swore an oath to. This is horrible. This is genocide. That's coming from those doctors. So that's the final word I'll say to the people that would tell me, Dave, you're not a doctor. Just trust the science. Ugh. Well, which science? There is no the science. There, which doctor? Because my doctor says this is all bullshit. So mm -hmm. which doctor should I listen to then? You know what I mean? So Correct. this is where we come back to, you have to look at the info and then make up your own mind. Don't just sit in front of the media listening to these talking heads and thinking that you're somehow being enlightened with the truth. Because sadly, you're not. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And I think that uh, what you're saying is 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 a, a good way for um, people to combat these individuals. And and the reason I bring this up to you is because again, you're you're somebody who has a you know quite a bit of experience on being censored for speaking about the things that you know aren't positive. Or, um, 
they're not what gain traction on mainstream media. They're not sexy topics. They're they're the, the truth. It's raw. It hurts. It's, it's not. It, it, mm. it gets rid of that idea that you were speaking of that our system is somehow looking out for our best interests. I mean, if that was the case, then when people say that, that uh, I'm sure you saw my face when you said the uh, oh you're not a doctor. I, I get so tired of hearing that shit. Um, because it's like okay, cool. And uh, you know, while I may not be, I've been listening to somebody like Dr. Carrie Madey, who has been you know training all of your physicians for well over a decade and right. uh now those physicians that she trained are, are calling her crazy um but but she's she's trained you and I'm, I'm sure that she's trained you better and to know better than what you're reading right now what about dr simone gold what about dr sherry tenpenny what about dr judy mikovitz these people are all crazy but they seem to be the ones that were highlighted in their industry right before this happened it's like you had this immense amount of respect for the research that these people can conduct up until late now, you need to ask yeah. yourself, like, what is it in your mental that has prevented you from having the ability to listen to both sides again? Right. It's kind well, it's of because like, of the, they, they don't have enough um, late night comedians backing up what Dr. 100%. Peter McCullough is saying or what. And by Dr. Peter McCullough, let's just talk about like levels to this game. Yep. Dr. Peter McCullough would basically be like a fourth degree black belt at this mm -hmm. point in his he's literally written the most peer-reviewed scientific medical papers in American history, if not world history. Okay. That mm -hmm. guy has more credentials behind his name to be able to come out and make his statements and to see the world, the way it reacted to him and have these little turds on Twitter or YouTube that have zero medical experience to say, Oh, I'm going to cancel Dr. Peter McCullough because he's spreading anti-science. What are you talking about? Cause he contradicted Tedros who's a veterinarian. He's not mm -hmm. even a legit doctor or Bill <laughs> Gates who has no medical degrees and can't even keep viruses out of windows, let alone your body with his shots. Yep. Like, are you insane? You're listening to the quacks. Mm -hmm. We're listening to literally the cream of the crop. And guess what? There's another feather in their cap. These doctors you mentioned, they've also got balls. They've got spine to come out and resist yep. the, the backlash they're getting from within their own community. Right. Because it is a cult. Let's not forget about it. Look mm -hmm. how cults operate. And I define this in chapter one. Here's the definition of a cult from cult researchers. And then let's look at how they're treating anybody in the medical system that's coming out to contradict this one seasoned approach to dealing with disease that never used to exist. It used to be fairly, even though there was corruption before your doctor, you could still get second opinions. Mm -hmm. Your doctor still had full right to come in and say, you know what? I don't think that vaccine is right for you. Actually, I don't think you should be wearing a mask because you have asthma. And, you know, th that went away. And the colleges, I got this from uh, Dr. Charles Hoff, who's a 25 year veteran emergency surgeon in BC. Mm -hmm. And he said he was the one that blew the whistle on the colleges. And he said it was the colleges of physicians and surgeons that are supposed to be the watchdogs to protect the whole industry. And then that's where all the doctors get their marching orders from. But it was from the colleges that he got his medical license threatened and he got shut down mm -hmm. because he was contradicting the World Health Organization. And he's like, but I'm giving you my medical expertise when I'm making my statements and I'm presenting science to back up what I'm saying. So instead of censoring me and disbarring me, just debunk me in a medical paper. Like, let's mm -hmm. do that. Right. Uh, or what about Dr. Byron Bridal during the trucker convoy? Yep. Took, uh, him and Dr. Hodkinson and Dr. Alexander, top level guys to Ottawa to sit down and have a discussion with Health Canada and Theresa Tam. Guess what? Health Canada didn't show up. If they would have showed up, all those truck and cleared everything up, all the truckers would have gone home. 
but they didn't show, which means they don't even want to defend their own position. Mm -hmm. And it would only give people like Dr. Bridal and all those guys more credibility, not less. And so I sit there and I go, if you're not even going to, and I'm a martial artist. So if they challenge you to a fight to prove that your tiger style is the best and you don't show default win to the challenger, right? right? So that's why I went, look, my doctor told me that this was all bullshit and I'm going with what, what my doctor said. So I am following the science mm-hmm. and let's talk about the science. The science is a cult statement. There's only science as a method yes. of investigation. Anybody that's trying to say consensus science and the science and all that (laughs) science was never built around consensus. I mean, it's nice to have consensus. It does give you, okay. But what if you have counter consensus, which we do, Mm -hmm. we've got all the frontline doctors. We've got all these guys. Now there's thousands of them all over the world. The great Barrington declaration, more coming out by the day and apologizing to the public right now. And now that's a new consensus. So does that mean we're going to follow that new science? Like, because science means it's fluid. You could have a theory and a hypothesis. And when you make other observations and find evidence that contradicts your previous theory, which is what these doctors were doing, you then change the hypothesis because the best, it's all about the best hypothesis wins and you can challenge it anytime and take it. That's what science is supposed to be, but it's not that, is it? It's a cult now where if you dare even remember when I got censored off Facebook for even thinking out loud about the lab leak theory back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. I got censored off Facebook. Look, now the mainstream media is, oh, I only think it came from the lab. Well, are you going to, do I get all my, do I get compensation for all the money I lost? You torching my accounts and persecuting me and calling right. me crazy. Like, right. so th- we're seeing the cracks open up. What about the medical journals? I got statements from people like Dr. Marcia Angel, who for over two decades was a senior editor at the New England Journal of Medicine. Okay. So no, again, I didn't go to conspiracytheory.com. I went to the top. She wrote a book. Can't remember the name. It's about pharma. And she said, I reluctantly, after two decades of writing for the New England Journal of Medicine, came to the conclusion that none of the modern peer-reviewed literature in medicine can be fully trusted until there's a system of checks and balances that's brought in until it's fully audited and et cetera. So for someone like that to come out and say something like that before the pandemic, mm-hmm. and then during the pandemic, we had all these Neil Ferguson uh, calculations that got totally destroyed. We had the Lancet studies that came out that later had to get retracted. But of course, when they were, and then think about it, they release a study. The study gets put all over the media. Then politicians start making policies based on that study. Mm-hmm. Then that study gets retracted. The public doesn't know about it. All right. They do reports, but it's not put up in neon lights. So nobody really hears about it. And then guess what? The government policy doesn't change. It just keeps marching on as if right. it's the same as the old. What is that? But just either incompetence or corruption. So and I could just give you tons of examples. I'm sure you already know about the level of corruption that we've already seen. Oh, yeah. And that's what the gift has been. As much as this has been absolute craziness and it's been a horrible crime against humanity that's happened with this pandemic sure Um, it's been an opportunity for all of us to see just how rotten this edifice is and all i'm doing is saying oh you thought that was bad let's dig into aids let's dig into the history of all these diseases (laughs) let's dig into the history of corruption with the cdc and the fda etc and let me show you it goes well back into history there's nothing new under the sun man Oh, 100%. If you if you go through the uh, – there's a good book for everybody listening. Uh, it's called Dissolving Illusions 
um, uh, yes. extremely good book. And it goes over every single piece of literature every ever created from every pandemic through fucking recorded time. And from even the Spanish flu, like, you know, every, oh, you know, the vaccine got rid of the nah, you're out of your fucking mind, dude. That's not even close. Like we have never had a vaccine eradicate anything, period. That's it's just a fact of life. But you can look to these things and they'll tell you you're wrong and they won't go to the book and they won't do the research because that one doctor was an outlier. And I'm like, well, but that's not what you should be looking at. It's not the the person that you should look at. He's right. just presenting the information that has been accumulated by all of these doctors that you may agree with. He's just mm. putting all the information together for you to actually look at and, and create a, you know, finally curate your own opinion on what's being told. But I mean, when you talk about the science, it's like if people really don't understand that science is so overly corrupted and sold to the highest bidder. You know what? Science is a lot like speech. It's like people just want to cancel people that they disagree with and they I don't want to hear you. You shouldn't be able to speak anymore. And it's like, well, how about instead of just trying to cancel science and speech, how about you combat that with better science and better speech? How about instead of trying to shut it up, you get better? How about you reinforce your argument? How about you level up your statements? How about you level up your stance instead of just trying to shut up the opposition? But these fucking Twitter dorks every, like, dude. They drive me nuts because these are the they just want you canceled because you're not inclusive enough. Soon your name, David Whitehead, will be too racist to be on radio. Right. Like this is where we are <laughs> exactly. now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we've we've just come to this place where everybody is is in this this cult. And I don't think that they can see it because everyone I've ever had a discussion about when they're like, oh, you're an anti-vaxxer. And I'm like, well, I guess you can call me that. Yeah, because once you look into all childhood vaccinations, there's absolutely no need for any of them. Um, and they've caused a lot more harm than good. And then they ask why. And you tell them, well, look at the Amish communities. They're unvaxxed. Their autism rates are on the floor. Like ours are just constantly on the rise. Like we have diseases out the ass, autoimmunes. Like you can't bring a peanut fucking within 500 meters of a school or someone's oh, going to die. You know what I mean? But yeah. like what has caused that? Like none of that rings any bells to you. Right. And it's like people, they all sound the same when you speak to these people. It's, oh, well, this is safe and effective. Well, do your part. And everyone just has this, you know, trust the science. And you start listening to these, to how they've learned how to formulate a cult. And they've almost assigned the human condition as the messenger for their cultish practice and they've taught people through these fucking black screens you know everyone was like oh it's the mark of the beast i'm like nah guys this is the mark of the beast it's the they black you, mirror man right they gave you the the chip that they were talking about about being in your body which it might as well be you can't really buy sell or trade without it if you don't have a phone these days you're fucking useless yeah right it's so back I mean, to being in the stone age i know Right. So it's kind of like the more you look into this mirror and you refuse to look up and see all that shit that's being sprayed in the sky. And it's like, oh, chemtrails are a conspiracy. And again, it goes back to what you're saying with just asking the questions like, look, let's take the chemtrails conspiracy out of it. Let's, let's take conspiracy out of it. Let me just ask you this. There's things being sprayed in the sky and you haven't been briefed on what they are. That's where I'll leave it. Yeah. Do you, do you know what they are? And people are like, well, no, but it's not. I'm like, oh, but have you do you know? Well, there's a 
there's an actual, you know, whole thing between the U.S. and Canada for geoengineering. Like, have you been briefed on that? Has, has anybody told you, asked your permission? Anybody told you the long-term effects of silver dioxide, you know, mm -hmm. on the human? Like, just have you asked the questions? I'm not telling you it's true. I'm not telling you it's not. I'm just saying that somebody's spraying something, right? If somebody came out front of your house and just started spraying shit in your lawn, and I started saying, whoa, whoa, that's bad for you, and you're just like, no, it's not. And it's like, well, dude, I'm just telling you that you should maybe ask the guy spraying what that is that's and all maybe we're saying. if he answers maybe don't even trust him right away because what if he's right spraying some shit on there that is you know a bio agent or something yeah you're right and that's how we got to do it that's actually an intelligent approach to people where you're asking questions you're asking logical questions and that's what i was trying to say about how i structured the series because dude i've sure. had i can tell you've been in this a while i've been in this a while and when you have these conversations with people you realizing you're not discussing the facts with people. People right. don't want to talk about facts. It's too um, much. You're, it's too much. You're talking about the reality. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's just be real here. Most yep. opinions that people have are created for them mm -hmm. and installed in their mind. Yep. It's not an earned opinion. Even if it's true or false, leave that aside for a minute. Did you earn your opinion? And this is how I think about it is even my opinion right now with all this stuff we're talking about could still be wrong or wrong in some areas or whatever. Sure. But at least I did the work to earn it and I've got the sources to back it up mm -hmm. and I can make a really good argument with it. And at the end of the day, even if you're going to go, I think it's all bullshit, at least it's a, a counter theory that can help possibly point out flaws in your current theory that you can improve your theory. So that's why censorship is bullshit because we can't progress if literally only the state and a bunch of unelected international corporations and private families get to control the public discourse. Mm -hmm. You can't have progress with that. You can only have tyranny. And every time that model has been used, I don't care what country in the world you look at, it's always resulted in tyranny, slavery, starvation, genocide, and then it has to be reset. And then a little bit of freedom comes back to save the day. So I'm just saying, let's stop it now before it gets too critical and try to repair what we're losing. Um, and then you were saying about this, uh, you know, asking people those questions. That's what I do. I say, look, who told you that wearing a cloth, a piece of cloth over your breathing holes, 24 hours a day is going <laughs> to do anything to stop this illness? Who told you that? Oh, well, Anthony Fauci and all these guys. Well, here's Anthony Fauci at the beginning of the pandemic saying literally the opposite of that. What mm -hmm. changed for him? He never really clarified it. He just started saying, you know what? We do have to wear masks. You know what? We should wear two. Same with Bonnie Henry in BC. I got footage of her at the beginning of the pandemic saying what I was saying, which is, you know what the problem with these masks are? Number one, you're restricting your oxygen supply. You're affecting the glutathione process in your lungs. You're, um, you, It's getting damp within less than 60 seconds, which is just trapping bacteria in there. And then you're touching the mask all the time. Mm -hmm. And you're just wearing this snotty rag on your face all day. Mm -hmm. And everything you touch is just, you're turning it into a problem now. And it's nobody's fitted properly. Nobody knows what they're doing. Right. It's total right. nonsense, which is why we never did it in Western countries. And then they'll go, oh, will they do it in China? I'm like, yeah, well, I, there's a reason I don't live in fucking China, bro. I don't want to live like that, okay? So, like, I believe yep, what my yep. daughter said to me one time, which is that, dad, 
why would they say we have to wear masks when if we needed masks to be healthy, God would have made us with masks. And I'm like, yeah, good point. I should have yep. you on the show. But, you know, <laughs> I, I just ask those basic questions. And then I say, what if it's a talismanic symbol 100%. that is there to make you comfortable and to ease your anxiety? And mm -hmm. that's it. Right. Now, what if I'm the kind of person that doesn't suffer from that kind of anxiety and I'm a self-sufficient person who's not going to be irresponsible and doesn't feel like I have to pretend I'm part of the cult and wear the thing. Um, and knowing that there is zero science to back it up. Uh, that's the other thing that if I'm that person, why can't I be free to live like that? Why do I have mm -hmm. to be part of your thing? And that's because the truth is, man, people are looking for a cult to join. Always. That's the truth. And yep. all these guys got to do is create a bunch of different cults, different brands, different collectives for you to dive <laughs> into. And then they've got you in the net. And when you leave that net thinking you're escaping the cult, you find yourself right back in another one because they know it's pathological amongst the human race. Yes, and so man. this is where you get into the psychology of totalitarianism and collectivism and mind control and mass mind control. Right. And get into the work of Edward Bernays, where he talks about um, how there needs to be an as elite that literally programs the consciousness of the public mind. Right. Um, and here's the method of how to do it. And it's right out in plain as day. And people think that they're operating on their own beliefs and they're not. And another thing about beliefs is, let's be honest, most people's beliefs are not oriented towards the truth. If we are honest with ourselves. Our beliefs mm. and our theories and our pet right. theories are usually born out of a need to ease anxiety. That's, that's the first motivation. The truth is secondary to that. So when we're talking, you and I, and just even if not everything we're saying is we can't, because we're looking at a massive Rubik's Cube here. We're, we're yep. the young guys taking on the government. We're the young guys taking on the big machine. We're seeing pieces of that don't make sense. And we're trying to put this together for people. And we don't have all the answers, but we have enough smoke to prove there's a fire, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we're out there talking to people saying, what if we open up our mind and look at it differently? What if you add this puzzle piece in here? What does that do? Uh, we're trying to find the truth. I genuinely mm -hmm. believe that. But the person you're talking to is trying to find easing of the anxiety. They're not mm -hmm. trying to find the truth because the truth is actually giving them more anxiety, right? So that's the issue we're up against. So this is why I try to always say, when we talk about this information, counter it with the good news, right? Yeah, Don't man. just beat people over the head with the black pill of yep. doom and gloom and it's all, we're totally screwed. You have to do it in a way that also activates their inner hero, their inner warrior yep. uh, that empowers them and says, look, Evil and tyranny is not the only force at work in the world. The bad guys aren't the only show in town. They just have the best public relations people. They just That's have it. the controls of the media. There's most people, I think, by and large, mean well and are what you could call good people. Bingo. Except we're just naive and we're stuck with all these anxiety disorders and all this confusion. And that's where we're tripping through right now. So hopefully we can get some major exposures of these truths that are become so undeniable, which I think we're on the verge of, that it's going to wake up even the most sleepy normie out there just to even start thinking outside the box. Because if yeah, we man. could get there, I think we could start repairing a lot of these problems. Mm -hmm. And I think that what you just brought up is so valuable with regards to, uh, you know, easing anxieties and all this is actually something that I unpack quite frequently. Um, and a lot of people get mad because I, 
Let's start by saying that this quote unquote spiritual community that is largely just a misguided group of individuals who are trying to create a solution out of something that doesn't exist. They're always trying to just tell you, oh, well, you're just going to manifest it. And like, while I agree that manifestation is a thing, 100 percent, but I'm not just going to manifest, you know, fucking white hat saviors coming out of nowhere. And they're going to come out and just save the world like, nah, man, this is something that needs to be earned by humanity as a whole. But when you're talking about easing the anxieties, that's why they get that's exactly how they manipulated the masses into this. I mean, if the mass really worked, ask yourself this. Well, if this was such a, you know, bad contagion that we were going through and contagion itself is a theory that's just a theory at best. And and when you come out of you know a, a Walmart, well, if all, only these big box stores were open, where's the uh, where where's the uh, the biohazard bins for you to place your mask in instead of seeing them all over the fucking parking lots? And when we're talking about the development of children, well, we all know, well, we all knew up until this whole pandemic rolled out that well, children's development can be stunted by something so small, so minuscule. Now you're going to cover half their face. Right. Yeah, and, and all the adults' faces around them, and they need 100%. to develop empathy by seeing human emotions. Bingo, but that was the key to try to get rid of empathy. But when exactly. we talk about this getting rid of anxiety now, this is where I catch a lot of flack. I'm like the Canada's fucking most hated conspiracy theorist for constantly calling this community out on their shit. Um because there is a lot of shit involved, man. There's a lot of people that are just spewing nonsense for clicks, follows, likes. And I can't stand that. Like, integrity is at the very fucking core of my being. I don't like yeah. fake. I can't stand fake. It drives me nuts. And we call it fake everywhere else. I'm not going to accept it just because we didn't get a jab together. Like, it's yeah. it's not. You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? but when it comes to the like the the tribal mindset like people have always throughout history joined tribes this is this is exactly how these elitist groups or whatever you believe they are have learned how to divide people i mean we're at a place where people are arguing over your fucking dietary choices like that's how tribal people are and people are willing to use something like their what they eat to identify with something people love being in a box they love constantly being somewhere where other people will accept them and i think that we're actually entering a time finally where people like you know what fuck this like society has created all of these boxes and all of these dogmas and all of these religions and you know all of these mindsets that 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 i just don't want to be a part of and we're finally starting to see and i'm going to say this and everyone's going to hate this again but the collective consciousness is a bullshit concept why i'll explain this if we were to have things like the, the human is only designed to be in little tribes of up to like 50 people, dude, mm-hmm. could you imagine how difficult it would have been for the elites to come to all of these tribes and say, this is my idea. Do you buy it? Exactly. These little tribes, you're going to convince all of these tribes of if you had tribes of 50 people over 8 billion people, do you think you would have succeeded? No, but they use this black mirror to create these giant tribes by telling you that everyone is connected and they connected the entire world. Why? Because then they only need one message. So it's been this really weird. It's been a way where they're like, oh, we've connected you guys and everyone's more connected than ever. And I'm like, this is fucking terrible because now all they have is all these bigger groups reinforcing People call it ideology. It's it's straight up fucking stupid. Half the yeah. shit I hear is just dumb. And now you see these nice little compilations of like all the shit people did with masks. Like you cut a hole in it to fucking play an instrument or people swimming underwater with them on. And it's like, dude, and, and you guys called us crazy a while ago. Like you were so far removed from your own perspective, from your own inner intuition, from the self. You lost the self 
by believing that you were part of a group of absolute stupidity and they made you look like a clown. They made you believe that you were a clown. You looked like one, you dressed like one, you talked like one. And I think people now are, they're, they're too afraid to admit that they've been duped. And I'm okay with that. Mm, I'm, I'm okay yeah. with you. You don't have to be like, dude, I'm sorry. I don't care. Look, man, just do better for you. Cause if you do better for you, then you do better for your kids. Your kids do better for the world. And we need to start focusing on our children and what, what kind of, you know, it's not the world that we're leaving our kids. It's, you know, what, what kind of kids we're leaving the world at the end of the day. Good right. Point. So it's like, we need to make sure that our children, and I don't know if you notice this with yours, but I got to uh, six and 12. And dude, yeah, I'm uh, seven and 10. So we're close. Perfect. Yeah. And dude, this new generation of children is different, dude. They're, it's not just me then. It's okay. Good. Because they are. They're, they have a level of awareness mm -hmm. that took me 34 years to snap into. And maybe it's because of our influence in the home. Maybe it's because I'm a firm believer that masculinity is making a comeback, right? And yep. I feel like the home is finally starting to become a place where you seek knowledge and we're seeking knowledge through our inner self where we're, we're, we're getting rid of the exoteric and moving back to the esoteric, you know, way of thinking. And I, I, I feel like our kids are genuinely going to be the ones to change the world. And I honestly feel like this dude and don't take offense to this, but I think we're just the fucking battering rams. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't take offense at all. I agree. I agree. And and I just, man, like th this whole collective, man, I, I keep hearing this like, oh, the collective consciousness. And I'm like, while it exists and studies have proven this, I just think that it, it's just too easy to manipulate people. And I think that we've heard this thing called find your tribe. And I'm sure you found a community of people around you through all of this. That's been, dude, all the people that I thought were so close to me have disappeared. And I had this whole new group of people that's like fucking ride or die, man. Yeah. You know, it's the same for me. So and, it's like, I, go ahead. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no. I want you to finish this rant because I have something to say. about it. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I go on Keep these going. quite often, man. Um, but but like I say, right, I've I've found a crowd of people that has truly not only do we align in in our belief systems and and our you know our our truths of what's going on and how we raise our kids and how we run our lives and i homeschool and we watch what's going into our bodies we're very organic we you know have our chickens and our do we're we're set like we've removed ourselves from the system as much as possible because you can't just talk you got to kind of you know fucking practice what you preach but i feel like this is something that was needed for the world to 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 purge this 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 sense of fake from our lives and bring in realism and kind of make that the forefront of our realities once again i just gotta say brother like that whole bit you just did there should be just clipped out into a video it was so good i love the way you brought out the collective the the idea that we used to live in these groups of maybe 50 people and now they just turned us into creating bigger tribes for purposes of control. Mm -hmm. It's similar to the way um, Michael used to break it down as he called it. They want one leash for many necks. Exactly. Right? Because th th that's what a control freak wants. Okay? Mm -hmm. And there's a whole psychoanalytical side to this to get into the psychology of these people and what drives people into that. And before I address the idea of the collective consciousness through the whole new age cult, is because they're in a way they're right, but they're also so grossly wrong. Yes, man. So, yes. so like I look at it like this, there's, there's our physical experience as mortal beings on this planet. Okay. 
that where our bodies and our physical brains, I, I interpret us as being sort of like conduits for the mm-hmm. photonic light that we call soul or spirit or consciousness or something animates you. Okay. Obviously, if you look at a dead corpse and you look at somebody as alive, you can notice that there's been something's changed, right? Well, the mm-hmm. light has gone, right? Um, so there's a collective, like, I guess if we all come from a source or we all living in the mind of God, or there's a creator, or even if you're an evolutionist, you know, it's just a product of nature. Uh, there's sort of that collective of, oh, we are a human family on a planet, right? Maybe there's even other types of humanoids living throughout the universe. So in that sense, you could be like, yeah, there's a oneness to all creation. Every living thing is emanating this charge of light and, and soul and photonic light or whatever you want to call it. But that is the meta. That's the big, that's not applicable on the physical domain of earth on a social political scale, because there's also then the behavior of what you call the human animal or the human being that in one sense, we are tribal, um, but in a very small sense, as you're saying, for the purposes of survival, that's the purpose of that is that yes, we are social creatures. That's part of our psychology. Um, there's an element of you that's social, that needs a family, that needs a tribe, that needs a country and an identity. And that's the virtue. That's a virtuous part of yourself that what cults do and what political tyrants do is simply co-opt that and manipulate it so that it's no longer a virtue. It's you selling yourself at the expense of the group that is actually not a group of people like say there's you and me and a bunch of other freedom fighters you know, that are together where we're all very independent minded, we're freedom minded. Uh, we're probably cool disagreeing with each other on certain things and still being bros. Like we're independent, right? We're unique. We like that uniqueness. But what we're talking about is they want to get rid of all forms of uniqueness and make a monoculture, a robot culture, a beehive culture, which is why they want the Chinese model, the communist model um, to, to bring onto the world, because that benefits not you, even in a group mind, it benefits the few that can control the many. And to get deep, if you want to go deep on this, I got a few, I did a presentation called the fear of freedom, because it goes right. And you probably love this, this idea where I was asking this question, like if I'm taught, if we had a trucker protest that had mandate freedom as its sign, right. And that got turned into domestic terrorism, Nazi, racist, homophobe, hateful people. Well, the reason people turn their nose up at you at freedom is because freedom gives them anxiety. Freedom makes them afraid. They don't, they're not, they don't know how to have an actual self identity at all. They don't, they weren't taught this. This wasn't how they were raised. They were raised in a collective. So there's um, a great book. There's a few books I can recommend, but one I was looking at was by Erich Fromm, who was a psychoanalyst, brilliant guy. And he had this book called Escape from Freedom. And he said this. It seems that nothing is more difficult for the average man to bear than the feeling of not being identified with a larger group. Hmm. So he's just looking at this as an analyst going, I wonder what this mechanism is in people that they're petrified of being alone in any way. Like, cause let's just say I'm not an advocate for you to become a monk and go live in the woods by yourself and cut off all human communication. Um, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how, you have you are multidimensional in the sense that you have uh, different modes of being. You have the tribal family group part of yourself, but you also do have the private, individuated, unique part of yourself. And what's happening with these 
this new dogma is they want you to literally destroy that completely for the sake of the group, for the sake of the collective part, because they know they can control that. They can't control an independent man listening to his inner voice, which even in the Bible, the Christ called it the kingdom of heaven. So they want to literally cut you off from heaven and bring you into an extroverted form of being so that you are easily led by their propaganda. And notice the propaganda is generalized for everybody. That's why people from different cultures bought into it, different age groups bought into it, different religious backgrounds bought into it, different political affiliations bought into it. I know just as many conservatives and libertarians and even anarchists that dove into COVID as I do liberals and all the other stuff. So they crafted the most generalized propaganda narrative based on fear, um, and also based on collectivism, because notice that everything was do it for grandma, do it to save the immunocompromised, do this, uh, shut down your business to save those poor people, uh, you know, give us your rights and freedoms to save those people. There's always the sales pitch, but you got to be asking, are you being sold a bunch of nonsense or is it reality? And then this next statement I'll read to th before I throw it back to you from Erich Fromm, he says the frightened individual. So he's, he's saying there's. The people that flock to the groups to that extreme, right, and have no self, they are already riddled with fear of life from like, so people that were going into the COVID cult to the next level, all your mm -hmm. Karens or whatever, the Karens and Kens, they were already riddled with fear of being a self before COVID. COVID just amplified it. All right. Mm -hmm. So he says this, the frightened individual seeks for somebody or something to tie his self to. He cannot bear to be his own individual self any longer, and he tries frantically to get rid of it and to feel security again by the elimination of this burden, the self. Mm. Because with the self, that's your power, and with great power comes great responsibility. Right. Who the hell wants responsibility when they've got every carrot and dangling, glowing object in front of your face at all times? To get you to sell yourself out, because deep down they know you want to sell yourself out. Yep. And they just got to give you the path. And then that's when they can go, oh, freedom, health, and security are over here. If you listen to Justin Trudeau and our guys and sign on to the UN and the, all the globalist shit, that's where the security is going to be. We'll take care of everything. You'll own nothing. You know what? We'll take care, such good care of you. You don't even have to have the burden of ownership anymore. You don't have to own your property and deal with mortgages and debt and banks. Look, we're just going to own everything. You'll own nothing. You'll rent from us. And then you'll be happy. Do you know how many, like to me, that's, that's a horror movie. Okay. Yep. To you, that's a horror movie. But to the average normie out there, that is soothing Security. the anxiety, buddy. They love it. They can't wait to sign up for that cult. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Fuck, dude. And, <laughs> see what, when we, I could go on about the, like the self and, and this, you know, our, our universal laws, like, you know, the law of attraction and karmic law and why they have to show you things before they do them to avoid karmic law. And, right. it, and, and, you know, just, just the self in itself is, is the most powerful thing that we have been given. And I'd like to preface this um, just very briefly by going off on a small tangent. Sure. Now we are essentially just a, we're given this this meat suit and and you know you should appreciate your 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 physical you should definitely make sure that you're physically fit take care of yourself um because you know the 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 creation of our race fucking depends on it right like you should definitely care about yourself even just to you know instill good habits into us but when it comes to 
how people have lost the self. I think that we've lost that by all of these external forces giving us things like religion. And I know that I can see both sides of something like religion. I can see how getting together on a Sunday for the same cause and to, you know, be good to your fellow man and and to, you know, gather as as human beings and just fill a place with whatever that life force in us is and 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 you know kind of unify that. Like I I see that 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 concept as a good thing. I just feel like a lot of these tell people to look outside of themselves for the answers. And I think that that is where society has been so far led down the path of destruction, right? Like how much more are we going to constantly look outside of ourselves for something? I mean, if you really want to get into it, right, we're, we're just like this little pineal gland that's, that's sitting in a chair and our eyes are like this, this, this projector that's just projecting this world around us. And it's like, Dude, all of these belief systems that you have are all created with within this one little universe. Like you create your reality, bro. Like, and it's not like the new age way of like, oh, you know, you create your reality and, you know, fucking woo woo about me being able to control everything. It's like, no, man, but you can you can either wake up grateful or you can wake up miserable. Right. right that's right. that's on that's on you to do. Right. And that's where this thing, you know, free will comes from. So we can have a a discussion about, you know, what is God and what is, you know, the creator and how that's part of you and all that, because it kind of ties into the the self conversation. Right. But I think that people don't give themselves enough credit. I think that people always want to hear a solution from outside of them because it's easier. Like I see in a lot of people throughout this, like, you know, all of a sudden become devout Christians. And I was like, I started asking myself the psychology behind that. And I'm studying these people like, okay, well, what is it that's making you go to this book? I know it's not your belief system. I've watched you do things that are so unchristian, but I know why it is. It's because you're going to open up a book and it's going to give you an instruction manual that is easier to follow than you having to dig deep in yourself to find the answers. You, you don't well, have many of them don't even read the book. They go all. to the group. They're going there for the group. They're, they're fleeing. See, during trauma, Bingo. they're fle- They're doing what Fromm is pointing out. They are the frightened individual. Mm-hmm. That's too afraid to actually follow the footsteps of the Christ character that they worship. Right. Who gave you the instructions very simply. Mm-hmm. He said, if we're going to go with the Christian thing, because I've done a lot of comparative religious study on this, because I'm curious about the exact same question you have is he said, What's actually I was I say to Christians, what was the first commandment that Christ gave his disciples? And they never have an answer because they didn't know he gave them a commandment, but he did. He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. If, they, if I could sum it all up, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Then they ask him, Where's this kingdom of heaven you keep talking about? And he's like, Well, the kingdom of heaven is neither here nor there, it's within you. Mm-hmm. So if it's within you, why are we waiting to go to some streets of gold in heaven and all this stuff? Right. Mm-hmm. And then he said, Everything I can do, you can do in greater. So was that story a story about him or was it a story about you? Bingo, and, man. And, and you go, and so where did that go? He was literally the example of an individual that was crucified by the crowd. That's the story of the Christ. And it's been yes, told man. a zillion times all over the world. And so the people that are like, well, now that there's a pandemic and the government's acting tyrannical and we don't know if they're going to put us in concentration camps. Well, hell yeah, I'm going to be a, a religious person now. Well, be, why were you... Is it? There's no genuinity. There's nothing genuine to it. Even if it was legitimate, there's nothing genuine to it because you're only going there under trauma and duress. You're not there yes. in your normal everyday life. <laughs> you're only going there for refuge from your fear. So if yeah, fear is what's motivating you to be spiritual, how spiritual is it? It mm-hmm. should be 
love and consciousness and expanding your knowledge and trying to connect more with that divine force that motivates you to tr- to a religion or whatever. I personally don't subscribe to any of them. I study them all and take the best pieces of it because I think it was all just a big shattered mirror that was once whole back in the day. Yeah, but um, the, these are how, this is how the dynamics we're talking about is extremely relevant to this chat because what we're getting into is the dynamics of crowd thinking mm-hmm. and why the why people keep voting dictators in. Because here's the thing that I got to say that nobody likes when I say it is it's all fine and good to point the finger at the cult of the medics and the Illuminati and Anthony Fauci and Big Pharma and Pfizer and all these people and Klaus Schwab. It's all fine and good. But what if I told you that those people are only in the positions that they're in because of you, because of all of us, because of the people that vote them in and support them and don't do anything to bring justice to these people and keep going along with it because they're operating out of fear and ignorance. So why do people keep voting in Mao Zedong's and Adolf Hitler's and Joseph Stalin's and God, and I can go on Pol Pot and all these guys. Why do people go sign up for Heaven's Gate and the Solar Temple cult and the Jim Jones cult and go drink the Kool-Aid? Why do people go line up to get stage four bioweapons that are classified as bioweapon technology and injected into their five-year-old kids without having any idea in the world that there are experts out there that have tried to warn you. It's because of what we're talking about. And so that's why this does get philosophical. This does get theological real Absolutely. quick. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't like to take it there because it's easier to just actually, you know what? This is a perfect segue into something I wanted to talk to you about. And uh, I know a lot of the time these discussions are basically like they either want you to, you know, kind of have a discussion similar to what we have and more information. But I actually want to talk about this freedom movement as a whole. Sure. Now, because it, it directly relates to to what we're saying now. What I've seen is the most lost group of people that I have ever seen in my life enslave themselves to their own freedom. Mm-hmm. And I say that, and, and it really like people don't really understand what, what I'm saying when I say that while I'm cool with protest and I believe that it's not only a right, but I believe it's your duty as an individual that when you see something wrong, you know, the bystander effect, you should never just stand back. You should always raise your voice, be the only one in the crowd to step up, make a difference, you know, make sure that you're heard regardless of what the crowd thinks. Right. Um, but I'm at this point where I'm starting to recognize this, this pattern. And the pattern is that when I go to these freedom rallies and such, and this isn't to knock anybody who goes, if that's what you want to do, look, I, I fight for, you know, the actual term freedom. So if this is what you'd like to do, I may not agree with it, but I'll always fight for your right to do it. Cause that's what we're, that's what this is all about. Right. right. But we see these people do the same thing. They try to censor the other side and they're trying to get the government on their side in order to shut down the other. And I'm looking at it like, you guys are the same though. You're, you're both just as tyrannical. You're both just as sinister. You both want to silence the other side. You both want the same corrupt system to put more people in that corrupt system on your side, as long as they're for you and against them. But then someone's always fucking losing ground here. Like George Carlin says, right? Right. right. And, and I look at these people when I go to these freedom rallies, I, I look around 
And what I see is it turned into this giant party. I see people that are smoking cigarettes. I see people that are constant drinking. I see people that are on disability. I see people that, you know, most people would try to empathize in today's acceptance world and just say, oh, these people have been disenfranchised. And I'm like, well, no, the funny part of it is when you actually dig into the psychology of these people and you step back and and you kind of zoom out, you realize that these people just want the freedom to rely on that system they want the freedom to remain drunks and alcoholics and take the pharmaceuticals and still party and destroy your body it's like dude that's what the system wants you're giving them what they what you're feeding into that and calling it freedom because of now the freedom community has turned into this the same group you were talking about now it's just to be accepted and to feel like you're fighting for something also you can party later also you can take this photo op and post it to your page and be like i met this guy today and i'm like you guys have all developed these ego complexes and now you guys have these these authority dude it's it's a fucking madhouse to me like i went to the first two worldwides mm. and after the second one i had to leave halfway through because i was like something's very wrong here this is not the freedom that i was there in the beginning at queen's park when there was only a dozen people there and people are driving by screaming at you throwing bottles fucking and and in the beginning dude it was this very pure and genuine i see a problem and i do not want my children growing up in this fucking world so i'll do whatever it takes in order to genuinely die on this hill if need be for you know the, the future of us all even even dude you're throwing bottles that's cool bro like i'm doing this for your kids you may not mm. see it now and yeah. it all looks confusing, but I've been following this long enough to know that the only angle they had left was a health issue, public health. That was the only way in that nobody could disagree with it. Everybody would be in on it. Everyone would agree with whatever method it was in order to, you know, just just keep public health alive. And that was the, the last way in, dude. They tried terrorism. They tried racism. They tried the race wars. They tried uh, the war on drugs. They tried to separate people in all these ways. And the only way left was the physical vessel. So I was like, okay, this is fucking crazy. So I can't take my kids into the woods for a walk, but McDonald's is open. This is <laughs> fucking nuts, dude. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it sounded crazy, but, and I, I hate bringing these things up too, because it's just gotten to the point where I can't sit and have a discussion like this with everybody on fucking Instagram. Like you come into my DMs. Oh, well, what did you mean by that? And it's like, if you only looked at yourselves from the outside, like I almost wanted to go to the next freedom rally and just ask them to speak and just be like, guys, while this is all fine and dandy and you've been saying the same shit for three years and you guys show up here and say literally verbatim and you guys are arguing over who can speak because now it's this popularity contest you got going oh, yeah, on. I'd, I know. I'd, I'd like to ask the crowd how many of you guys have food for a year mm. how many of you guys are still relying on the system and why do i ask that well it's like this if the world were to go to shit right now how long do you have before you would have to fall with whatever solution the government gave you because you didn't prepare i don't know if you've seen this years ago but i'm the one who started the be prepared movement all across canada teaching people how to filter water and can food and, you know, homeschool your kids. And I've been promoting the roots and wings and the I live, I lead, I learns. And I've been doing oh, all of this. You, like, dude, we need to create a, another fucking world. We need a parallel society to start growing. So we're not trying to start from the ground up when it goes to shit. Exactly. Right? And people are like, oh, well, you know, it's you're talking about this being prepared. And now what's funny is now there's this homestead community that's taking over. And what I don't like and what I keep calling out is now they're selling you homestead packages. Now they're selling people homestead. And it's like, 
let's stop it's little communes they're setting up little communes yes man and we're being opportunistic again we're taking knowledge that has already been around for forever and we're starting to charge people for basic knowledge and of course i'll post you know i have no problem taking a screenshot of who said it circling their name be like this fuck is opportunistic right you don't need this shit like here's the screenshot of what they're selling you look it all up and tailor it to your situation right Right? like why I'll ask you, why do we do this? Why is it that even in a movement that is supposed to be about the freedom of people and helping people move away from a broken system, why is it still that we try to take and take and take from the less fortunate? Even the people that say that they're the good guy, it'd be like Batman stealing from Gotham. It's it's yeah. fucking absurd to me. Why is that? What is the what is the the, the need for humans to always want to take from people at their weakest point? Wow. Wow. Eric, man, the insight that you brought, and I can tell you've really thought it out and very intelligent uh, observations, I got to say, because I'm in the same boat where I really supported the convoy because the vast majority of people that were involved in that protest had never been to a protest before in their lives. Mm -hmm. And it was just a gauge for us to know in Canada that we're not alone in seeing this. And that was the beautiful moment of it. Like, I don't even care at this point that they didn't get all the things they wanted in Ottawa and all that. They still won in the eyes of the world. They still won that. And that was all fine and good. But as as you're talking about how this has now turned into another, um, what do you call it? Like dominance hierarchy game um, and show and tell. And, you know, it's a big ego game. And I've seen it behind the scenes. I've spoken at some of these things. And you you see people again trying to find another group to identify with. And so you go, okay, well, we can't rinse that out. That's sort of genetically hardwired. It's only a very select few people that actually individuate and become truly free, right? But you realize, okay, for the general group of people who've just been through trauma, we understand that people are seeking solace and um, uh, you know, security in the group, okay? And then the darker side starts to come out because it's all run off of the frequency of fear, because even the freedom movement is afraid of the government. We're afraid of they're going to lock us in concentration camps. They're going to kick our doors in and take our children. They're going to kill our food supply lines and we'll be starving within months. And like, how long have we been through three years? How many predictions of absolute doom and gloom came out of this community that hadn't didn't come true? You know, and so, and even though it's good to be always have that in your mind, you know, you're on a battlefield. We're at war. I don't know if anybody knows this is World War Three. Welcome. Okay. Um, but at the same time, you see that everything is motivated by fear. And there's the old statement from William Blake, the British poet, who said, the hand that crushes the tyrant's head arises a tyrant in its stead. Mm. And that quote is like one of those things I put up on the wall as a mantra, because keep that in mind at all times, that it's the end of Hunger Games, the series of Hunger Games, where they had the resistance building up and they're fighting back against President Snow. And there was an evil cesspool of corruption there, but they replaced it with another form of corruption and another another thing. And I'm always worried about that. And so this is why I support the movement in Canada to you know, in, re, uh, reinvigorate the flame of freedom. But it's kind of like, let's talk about that word freedom. And maybe not everybody at that rally means what the same thing when they say it, you know, Um, freedom. They don't understand. Freedom is never going to be given to you by a government ever. 
the, the uh, knowledge is never going to be given to you by some system. It, freedom is within. Freedom is an attitude. Freedom is a way of living. It's a mode of being. It's a state of consciousness. And if you just leave one tyranny of Justin Trudeau's regime or whatever in that whole version of Canada, trying to switch to another one that really is just the same thing with a few different stripes, we're not getting towards freedom in the end anyways. We're actually now in what's called, Ayn Rand used to call this the tyranny of the masses. Mm. And she noticed this, and this is why she's the most hated philosopher in the West, she didn't even make it into the book of philosophy, even though she was like, where's all the feminists, you know, praising a female philosopher, um, where she came out and, and was a champion of the individual and, and predicted exactly the situation that we're in. And she broke down the dynamics of collectivism in a way that nobody ever had. And obviously she wasn't perfect, but she brought out so many amazing gems where she spoke about this, the tyranny of the masses, where you can unroot all the tyrannical governments you want but you're still left with the tyranny of the masses. And you don't forget that the masses voted those tyrants in or, okay, election fraud or whatever. They still went along with it psychologically, okay? So we're never going to really escape that. So what guys like you and I need to do, I think, is have these kinds of discussions for the people who are open-minded. We're going to yeah. take the brunt of all the people shouting at us because we're attacking their cult. We get it. But we have to have the... I think the right way is to have the right way of talking about it where we're saying, look, I'm not going to shit all over you. I get it. But here's what I'm seeing, like those flaws that you pointed out. And then here are the solutions that have already been written down by the geniuses of the world that have already figured the shit out. We don't have to reinvent anything. It's already been figured out. We've been here a million times already. Okay. Let's go back to the drawing board and see what we can do to repair our broken system while not replacing it with another tyranny. Right. And I love your statement about um, the idea of building a parallel system to get it started, because that's the sort of Buckminster Fuller philosophy. Right. Buckminster Fuller had that statement about how to create a better system. He says, you never destroy and blow up the old system. You build a superior system within the decaying system. And then the decaying system falls away of its own accord. Right. Because the superior system just demonstrates itself to be so. So. This is what we have to do. The only challenge I see there is that these globalists, these tyrants have a better sales pitch than we do because what, what they're selling people is security in the hive, which if you understand people are psychologically rooted towards that anyways, it's a much more attractive carrot than us saying the harsh reality of living with your responsibility as a free sovereign person that doesn't have to rely on that system. Not to say we shouldn't have systems, not to say we shouldn't have it, but that that's a harder life, right? Mm -hmm. And so people aren't going to naturally gravitate towards it. So we have to do a better job of presenting the benefits of real freedom, the way you're talking about it, um, and real independence from that. And then just continuing the same old discussions, like you're saying, they're just getting beaten over the head. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's challenging is that we've got new people joining the fight here because there's levels to the game. I'm not mm -hmm. expecting all of Canada, for example, or the world to wake up to the level of insight that I'm trying to show them in this series I'm working on or the work that I do. I'm not expecting that. I was just hoping that we could get a general critical mass in our country 
that yes, our government's been infiltrated and captured, our system's working against the best interests of the people, they're throwing your constitution in the garbage and replacing it with some global terracotta thing, you know, like we need to get around that and realize that our future's at stake. So I've always been balancing between the two. Like I need to advocate for change on a group level in the country, or we're going to lose the entire country and turn into Venezuela. But at the same time, your point is crystal clear that we can't just rinse that behavior out of people overnight because they'll just naturally create another tyranny. So it is a, it is a problem. Like I'm not, I don't even know if I have the answer to it, but I love that you're talking about it. And I know if we keep talking about it and helping to educate people about it, that's the first step. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that you're the first person actually who has, I think it's largely because of the listening to people like say Tessarian and, you know, all of these guys who have the ability to really break down, you know, the, the psychology of people and, and the dark side of people. Cause right now you hear a lot of love and light and it's like, well, it's, that's a false reality. Like nobody yeah. <laughs> actually operates in there. And it's like, well, I'll raise you a dark side and tell you that not one seed on the planet ever starts to grow in the light. It all starts in the dark. Uh, the, the, the best parts of you, your, your true inner self is, is things that it's never seen. It's all darkness within you, right? That's your spirit, right? right? Like you can, you can talk about these things and, and try to enlighten people in that way. But what I'm saying about, you know, getting yourself prepared as people are like, oh, you're not going to be like a prepper. And it's like, it's so funny that it's called being a prepper because just 20 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, that was just your pantry. Mm, like, yeah, we, we've lost this, this way of life. Like I posted something uh, the other day uh, with regards to prepping and such. And, and people are like, oh, you know, the, oh, it's actually about the food system. And uh, talking about like meat glues and all that shit because it's it's all trash like food. I'm huge on food and purity of food and your water and what you're putting into your body is, is a plus. That should be number one on your list. 100%. And a lot of people say like, oh, you know, well, we can't afford that. And it's like, well, hold on. So you're saying this to me. But when I look at your profile, you're wearing Gucci shoes. You're holding the brand new iPhone. And you're saying that you can't afford this food. Now, I would like to tell you that you should probably start to prioritize what you find value in because we live mm -hmm. in a society and I'm going to say this again for everybody to listen to is people these days know the price of everything and the value of nothing. And it's a huge problem that we have in society. And I'm like, well, let me get this straight. So you, you would be willing to spend all of this money to go out with your friends four times a month, every Saturday or every Friday night, but you're not willing to simply take an hour to teach yourself how to sow seeds how to grow your own vegetables. Like if you're sitting here bitching about the food, but you're doing nothing to empower yourself to go out and learn how to get the food. Like one of them was saying, well, I live in a small town and you know, I, I can't get what's in my town. I was like, do you drive a vehicle? Do you have other like-minded people in your town? Well, how about you guys get out of that little fucking shithole and go to somewhere where you can find some good quality food, put your money together, create a little community of you. And now there's not one of you. Now there's four of you on the exact same wavelength. It's a lot harder to stop four people than it is one, right? Like you guys need to start taking valid information that 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 is truly tangible to the human experience and stop worrying about why Justin Bieber's face is sagging, right? Like, but this is what I'm saying. Like the things that people concern themselves with are absurd to me. 
I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna go to the gym, and then after the gym, I'm gonna go home and drink tap water and eat hungry man's. And you're like, dude, what the fuck, dude? Like, this is your priorities. Yeah. But then freedom, and I'm like, dude, you're just you're trying to stress the freedom to continue being the self that you were that is not advantageous to you or our culture or our country or us as a movement. Like I'm just having a hard time with, with people not truly seeing like everyone says they're awake, but all I see is sleepwalkers, dude. Like it, it really is. It's, it's, it's almost disheartening in a sense. It's like, fuck, we were almost there. And then we were just like, Nope, tyranny. And we're like, Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I feel you, man. And I, I get frustrated with some of this too, but I also, maybe it comes from the years I spent as a coach, you know, trying to make myself into a good coach. Uh, Cause that's what right. I did in martial arts. Right. And the number one thing I have to always do is go back to white belt, go back to the mind of a child. Like mm. if I have a nine-year-old kid, coming in my school who's never done this before maybe he's watching ninja turtles and that's it and i'm going to start you know just hitting him with all these black belt moves that he'll never understand i'm not doing any teaching so it's the old model you meet people where they're at and you know i look at it like we're going to win this war by inches not miles 100%. so when i see we went from a country that was literally i think mostly just politically illiterate to people suddenly caring about what was going on in politics here, to being completely illiterate about the globalist Davos stuff and the Mafarma and all of that, to suddenly people caring about that. And so we're moving the needle, whereas mm -hmm. guys like you and I have been in this forever. This is still maddening because we're like, could you catch up? Because we could have a brilliant future right here tomorrow, now, like it could mm -hmm. start right now. People aren't there yet. They're still at the stage we were when we woke up 20 years ago or whatever it was. And so I'm trying to create content in a way where I'm I'm not dumbing it down. I'm trying to go back to the beginning a lot. Like you'll see me do that in my shows where I start at the beginning yep. Yep. and then I'll hit the advanced levels for those people that have been around for a while. And then I'll come back to the beginning and I'll even redo certain shows because I know I, I, it's the emails I'm getting. I'm getting young teenagers uh, emailing me saying, I can't talk to my parents about this stuff, but I had an effect from the jab. I can't even climb a set of stairs anymore. And I'm only 20. What do I do? Where do I start? And so I'm doing my work for those people that are curious to learn. And I think a lot of these people that show up to the, uh, events, I think even they are performing in a way because that's what happens when people get into groups. So you're not even really seeing the real person. If we grab, if you and I this is what I like to do. I go to these, I'll go to some of these things. And then after, sometimes we'll have like a beach campfire or we'll have a little get together with just a few of us. And it's when you sit down one-on-one, -on -one, just chilling with mm -hmm. some of these people that you actually see, man, you're so many more dimensions ahead on other things that I wouldn't even notice. Right. But maybe there's a few points you've never seen before. So let's talk. And that's where magic can happen in small settings, right. which proves your point about the 50 man right. tribe exactly. you know, instead of the thousand man tribe. So, um, you know, we meet people where they're at. We recognize that this is a marathon, not a sprint, that all of humanity is getting hit with information at the same time that the human species has never even had to deal with before all at once. Mm -hmm. Like we're in yeah. a totally uncharted territory. And so I'll give some ground <clears throat> for these people to go through that growing pain stage because they just went through a very traumatic three-year period of the most intense mind control and propaganda mm -hmm. and fear sure. porn I've seen. Sure. 
And they had to, these people are growing up overnight because they were in a normie world in the matrix and they're all Neo right now going, I want to get out, let me out, let me out. And the only way out they can know is to find another version of what they used to know. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're seeing that happen. But I say, give space for that even because there's a time for that. Then they move to the next level, to the next level. Like I'll bet you, and I know for me, we didn't get to where we are right now overnight. This right. was a, a lifetime of like making mistakes, introspection, dark nights of the soul, rabbit holes, you know, learning. Uh, and still there's so much more. And so I'm like, my goal, my goal right now is what can I do to help make that process faster? Mm. And that connects into what you were saying about these new kids. So this is where I put my hope. Okay. I put my hope in the kids. Um, and they're under a severe attack on so many levels. But if more parents can just do some very basic things, I think these kids are already upgraded coming in, a lot of them. Yeah, man. And they're moving into a world that's very chaotic and they're trying to deal with it. But if we could help these kids, um, they are the future and they will go light years ahead of the average adult when they learn this stuff now. Like my 10-year-old knows more without even me pushing it just her own inquiry knows more than the most adults I know in this because yep. it's like, there's another level. I don't know what it is. Meta children, crystal children, maybe there's something to it. I don't know, but that's our focus and start by just smiling at these kids. They've been robbed and starved of what it is to see human faces showing happiness. And you got to show these kids, there is still good in the world. There is a worth, give them some hope. Of and course. then Give them the equipment, give them the training, give them all this knowledge you have and focus on the kids and the teens. And if we can save them and get them upgraded, the adults will kind of go at their own pace, at their own time. And we know the target of this deep state Illuminati, whatever they are, is the children. Yep. So I think that's the real focus of our attention and energy is them because they're the hope. They're the ones that will be able to upgrade faster. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And I think that a positive uh, a positive reinforcement for what you just said is the new trend of the cool kids being the ones that don't have social media and they tried to bring the mask back and the kids are spray painting on schools like no more masks like they're yeah. They're just innately more as as bad as you fucking kids dress because you guys got no swag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I know there's, I there's a few teens that listen to this and yeah, dude. I'll, we still I'll love you, you, but damn. Yeah. Well, that's us coming from the older generation, I guess. That's always how it is, right? I sound like grouchy, grouchy old men after a while. Yeah. Like, ah, generation sucks, right? We're supposed <laughs> to be. Dude, It's our. we're supposed to do that. We're supposed that's to it. do that. Yep. Yeah. So- I guess, uh, well, we've been about oh, fuck almost two hours and I could go another two easy, but I guess, uh, in closing, I actually have one question for you. Sure. And, uh, you know, let's just kind of see where you stand on it. So let's just say tomorrow you meet a person. This person is completely fresh, believes all of the opposite things that you do, but they're said they, they say, David, Let's sit down. I'm willing to hear you out. How does David address that conversation? Which topic? On all of it. All of it. Okay. I start with the questions. The questions for me are the questions I put in the first chapter of Cult of the Medics. And I'm just, and I, because I'll tell you this real quick before I fully answer is for me, when I woke up to things, 
I woke up not because someone walked up and gave me a big rap sheet of answers to all of life's questions. It's because someone asked me intelligent questions mm. that activated my own logic. And then I found curiosity again. And here I am. Okay. So it's intelligent questions that wake people up. So I would, I would actually ask you, if you're this person in this scenario, I would ask you, you know, what a more about your worldview, I'd start to get an idea of where you stand on certain issues. Like, do you trust uh, the vaccine industry, the medical industry? Do you, you know, where, where do you stand on um, this, these mandates? And I would try to get information because I think it's helpful to get specific, but I would start and ask them, you know, do you believe that it's rational to blindly trust known liars and criminals? Mm. Is blinding people, is, is, is blindly trusting people who have a criminal track record of either being criminals or incompetent, pick your one, do you, do you just blindly trust those people because they're an authority? Like because they might have a PhD after their name or they might be someone that represents Health Canada or they might be your favorite media personality or I don't know, I'd have to get a gauge on where they're at. I would ask them like, because if I can show you that the very agencies that you're putting your faith in or the very people you're putting your faith in have a track record of lying and, and committing criminal acts, what does that do to your faith in them, right? So these are the kind of questions that I would I would bring up. And then I would just ask them, if we live in an age of the most advanced science and technology and we're in the time of human progress and evolution – why is everything so backwards? Why is it all upside down? Why, why do we see so much corruption, tyranny, lies, illness, disease, war? We're still fighting wars, starvation, genocide, you know, ritualistic murders, human trafficking, pedophilia. Like I could just keep going on and on about all the problems. Um, what do you think the main reason that that still exists is? And what if I told you that there's a lot of evidence that many of the systems that we blindly trust are actively participating in that world and are actually keeping that world alive? So I, I, I guess it helps when it's a bit more specific, but that's where I would start is the questions of why, where do you get your information? Why do you trust it? And I'm trying to get to their mind to ask them ultimately, are your opinions your own? And I want to know what your specific opinion is on certain things, because I've done something where I've memorized all the talking points of the media on various issues. And if that person starts repeating those talking points back to me, and then after a few follow-up questions, I find that they don't really know what they're talking about. They were literally just repeating what they were told. Mm -hmm. Then it gives me a place to start and say, well, let's start getting into source material. Let's take a real deep look at things. Right. So, um, I don't know if that answers your question. It's it's it kind of vague, but that's kind of where I start with people is trying to find good questions to ask them. Man, no, that's a great response. And I would implore, um, you know, in closing, I would implore everybody to, when you start to talk to people, start asking the question, who are you? And the moment that they that's start good. saying, oh, I'm a, you know, 35 year old, uh, you know, architect, went to school and you stop them right there and you say, no, no, who are you? Like, who are you? What are you? What are your interests, man? Like, what makes you tick? What makes you what makes you think? What makes you you what, what, you know, kind of shapes your perception of the world? Like, we need to start asking that question. Who are you? 
but meaning it exactly how it's intended, not the superficial it. who have you built yourself to be. Right. So, anyways, man, it's been a uh it's been a pleasure. Uh it's kind of a little bit surreal. Uh that you know, someone I've been listening to for quite a while is just like, Yeah, bro, I'll come into the pod. I'm like, fucking sweet, dude. <laughs> it was that was uh, that was pretty neat, man. And uh, I'd love to have you back on whenever I think that these are the conversations that are going to, you know, heal and empower. You know, everybody that's uh, kind of fighting for everything right. So I appreciate you coming on, man. Oh, Eric, man, I, I was thoroughly impressed with this chat. And uh, when we're off air, I want to talk to you about something. And also just I want people to keep supporting your show. I love the way you're thinking about this and also even challenging the status quo in the resistance. I think that's important to do as well. I think it's important to just form your own opinion. Um ask that question. I love your answer there. Just who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Those are the first questions I started with. And here I am today. And I think that if we get back to really, really looking deeply into ourselves, we're going to find out more about why the world is the way it is and also the solutions to all these problems. And so that's the work you're doing. That's the work I'm doing and let's keep doing it. And uh, I'd love to come back anytime and I'd love to also have you on my show one of these days. So Absolutely. we'll talk about that more. So thanks again, Eric. That was awesome. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for tuning in to The Real 7 Show. If the pod is something that you enjoyed, please feel free to give me a follow at Real 7 Show on Instagram. You can also find me on Telegram at t.me slash s3v3nways. And I'll see you next time at The Real 7 Show.